You don't know what I deal with every night. I don't. Actually, I don't. That's really insensitive. Don't you ever do that again. I won't f you for that. It's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> you don't know what I deal with every night. Now we know a little bit. We have a little bit of an idea. You guys, you don't know what I deal with every night. We know. You don't know what I deal okay. with every night. Ooh. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. And do we have some news to talk about? Of course, I'm referring to The Pretty Mess, which is the Erica Jane, Tom Girardi stuff that's going on. And so much is happening. It's all happening in the words of Sheena Shea's tattoo. We've got to discuss this. Now, I'm recording this episode on Saturday. So a lot has happened. I don't know if more will happen in between when I'm recording this episode and when it will come out. So let's just dive right in on Friday night. Erica Jane, hashtag or at the pretty mess, she released a screenshot of a bunch of text messages from what appeared to be a very old flip phone. Now, these text messages uh, were very damning about a woman named Justice Bigelow. Just think of Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. You know, that's a movie I want to see, a gender swap remake of Deuce Bigelow. That's what the world needs now. Anyway, uh, Erica Jane posted screen grabs of all of these text messages. And Erica Jane wrote in her caption of this on Instagram, she wrote, this is just as she was fucking my husband, Tom Girardi, and he was paying her sex bill and paying for her plastic surgery. Now, the pretty mess deleted this shortly after she posted it, but not before everyone got screenshots of the screenshots. So this was an exciting Friday night. I'm sorry to say it, it was. It reminded me very much of when Luann was arrested on that Christmas Eve. What a Christmas Eve that was. I'll never forget that. I was at my parents' house in Ohio having some hot cocoa, and then this news broke the World Wide Web. And it was such an exciting thing. I always say, like, the Bravo community, we all come together at certain points in time when there's big news that hits, and it always seems to hit around Christmas. And uh, we all come together. We all put out our put on our monocles and we become investigative reporters and it's a very exciting time when that all happens and this was one of those moments now i want to read through some of these text messages that were allegedly between mr girardi and this now everything i'm about to say is allegedly i don't want to get sued or in any of these lawsuits or something so uh, you know allegedly allegedly this was something that happened everything i say from here on out just disregard as truth i'm just going to you know say that up front as a disclaimer Allegedly. Okay, so these text messages. The first one says, XOXO, please remember David Matlock. XO, I can't believe it. Dr. Matlock it is. Okay, this was between the women. Now, at first, I thought maybe they were talking about Matlock the series. You know, Tom Girardi's an older gentleman. He's 81 years old. So I thought maybe they were texting about Matlock. I had to look it up. Apparently, this Dr. Matlock is the plastic surgeon, not the Matlock from the TV show. Okay, that's number one. Now, all of these text messages, I was reading through the lens of an 81-year-old. Okay, so that's up front, too. I was thinking of an 81-year-old. We've come to find out, I don't know if you're following any of the discourse online, but we've come to find out that these text messages, because of the dates and because of the phone, it appears as if these text messages were from another era, possibly even as far back as 2005. Tracy Morrissey, I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, she's done some fantastic investigative work. So go look at her stories. I don't know if they'll still be up, but she's great. You should follow her anyway, because she's always doing some good investigative reporting. Anyway, so the next one says, miss you, babe, makeup sex. Okay, I know I talked about this online already, but why is this 81-year-old having sex? 
even if these text messages were from another era. I mean, at a certain point, just grab a Sudoku puzzle and sit tight in your house. Take a nap. Who wants to be having sex at that age? Not I. Certainly not I. Uh, And then, let's see, one of the other text messages was, tonight was fantastic, really, but it would have been a whole lot better if I were fucking you. Okay, this Trisha A. Bigelow needs to cool it. There's no way in hell that any night, even a 60-year-old Tom Girardi, I'm sorry, that wouldn't be such a fantastic night to be having sex with that man. I'm sorry I said it. I've seen pictures, too, of Tom and Erica back in the day, uh, as far back as the year, I don't know, 2000 around that era. And I don't imagine anyone lusting after that man so much. Okay, so then another text. I can't believe it. Dr. Matlock is already calling me and asking for the check. And then she provides Dr. Matlock's number or uh, address to send the check. You guys, this woman's getting plastic surgery. I need to find a man to pay for my plastic surgery. I don't know what I'm going to get. But if I had a Mr. Girardi paying for my plastic surgery, and by the way, we don't even know where these funds come from, because I don't know if you've been following the other legal drama with these two, but apparently, allegedly, there's maybe some uh, allegations of them taking money that was from a lawsuit or something. You guys can look that all up, because I haven't been able to, I don't know, nail it all down. Um, but then there's also a picture of this woman's butt in jeans that she allegedly sent on the flip phone. And the jeans, it does look like some 2006-ish jeans or maybe 2011 jeans. And I looked up this. She does have a haircut that screams 1998 Ladies Home Journal. I saw it with my own eyes. Okay, that picture that there's, they have online, it does look like a Ladies Home Journal 1998 cover photo. Okay, then one of the other text messages is, uh, Good night, sweets. You control that temper tomorrow on the stand. You are in the right. I just got to say, when I first read it, I thought she said, You control the temperature tomorrow. Because you know older people, they love to control the thermostat. They do. You get to a certain age and your body temperature fluctuates. So that's what I was reading it as. And then I had to reread it. And I said, oh, no, she's talking about the temper in the courtroom. So initially, you know, you got to read these a couple times. Again, reading through the lens of an 81-year-old. So then let's see. She also texts, is someone's having their special where you get a gift card based on what you spend? Is it okay if I spend? Pretty please. Pretty please. Signed. Uh, whatever. Okay. Now she's looking for discounts. She's going to get the discount coupon. If you already have a man paying for your plastic surgery and all of your bills at Saks, at a certain point, you don't need to do the gift card special. You know how those, spa- uh, those places, especially around the holidays, you get a $50 gift card and they give you $10 back. Those are the things that I do in my life. I don't imagine somebody who's getting their life paid for by this uh, allegedly rich man would need to do those gift card specials. But uh, who am I to judge? Then there's another photo with just her laying on the bed. I'm curious as to who's taking this photo. Did she set it up? I mean, what's the? she's just laying on the bed sort of doing like a glamour shots pose. It sort of looks like something I did uh, in grade school, you know, when you take the glamour shots at Sears. I felt like that's what it is. Um, she's just sort of laying down um, with the ladies home journal haircut. Then there's another one where it says, I can ask my new boyfriend to pay if it's a problem. He's got big dough. Big dough. Now she's bringing somebody else into it. She's trying to make Mr. Girardi jealous, apparently. Oh, you guys, lots going on. Lots going on. And by the way, there's a phone number. A phone number attached to those screen grabs that Erica Jane posted. She didn't even blur out the number. And if you call it, you know, allegedly maybe uh, somebody called that number and maybe found out that it's not in service. There's just a voice message recording that comes on that says it's not in service or it's a 
inactive number or something like that. I forget what it says. Uh, but she didn't even blur out the number. Now, a lot of people are saying that this is like a smokescreen or this is a diversion. So people are saying that she's doing this to kind of get out of those other allegations or something. But I don't know, because why would you include the name and the person? You're bringing a whole other person into this and a phone number. I don't know. It's all fishy, you guys. It's all fishy. And I'm wondering if we're even going to get any answers on the next season of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Because you know, we always watch that show and then it'll be about some other bullshit. We won't even talk about any of the good juicy stuff. I mean, I'm going to be pissed if that happens. I want to see this all play out. You know, I want to see it all play out. And will we see Tom Girardi on the season next season? I don't know. Erica Jane then, okay, so she deleted the post. Then this morning, and by the way, I didn't even follow Erica Jane. I'm pretty selective in terms of the Bravo Lebs that I follow. And not that I didn't like her, I just didn't follow her. And I followed her this morning. I did. I was like, you know what? I got to be up to date for the people. And so I followed her and she posted like one of those, I don't know, you know how they have those app that, apps that you could CGI your face over somebody else's performance on film? So she CGI'd herself into the Game of Thrones. And you guys, can we talk about this for a second? What is with people always thinking they're that girl from Game of Thrones? Why does everyone always think they're that woman? I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Don't drag me over it. I tried. I tried. The episodes are long. The episodes are long, and there's not a, there's not a lot for me to latch on to. I'm sorry. I tried a bunch of times. So my boyfriend loves it. God bless everyone who does. But it seems to me that everyone wants to identify as this woman who is the star of Game of Thrones with the dragon. She's the queen of the dragons or something. And so Erica Jane posted the CGI video of herself as the queen of the dragons. And, and like, enough with everyone thinking they're that woman. Not everyone could be that woman. And not everyone is. Also, it leads me to believe that she really thinks she did something. But then she deleted the text and she's still got all this stuff going on. I don't know. I don't know where I stand. But there's, you know, a lot happening in the world of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. And again, I just say, are we going to see it? Bravo. Are we going to see this play out? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm sure maybe in between me recording this episode and it being released, maybe she's posted some more stuff. Who knows? Maybe she put her out more texts. Maybe there's another woman involved. Maybe there's more footage of Erica Jane over the top of other TV shows. You know, I'd like to see her CGI her face into one of the First Wives Club's cast members. Wouldn't you love to see Erica Jane just like over Bette Midler's face in the end of First Wives Club singing You Don't Own Me to Tom Girardi? That's what she should have posted. That's what everyone should post. I'm going to go do that to myself when we get off here. Although I, I do identify more as the Diane Keaton character in First Wives Club, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, a lot is going on. A lot is going on. And we got to dive into the Real Houses of Atlanta. You guys, this is the last recap. I think I mentioned that. The last recap of 2020. I'll be back after the new year with some recaps of our favorite Bravo shows. Uh, but in between now and then, I am going to have a couple great interviews. I have an interview with Marie Osmond and my mother coming. That is just chef's kiss. And then I also have a very emotional interview with uh, Teresa Caputo, who's the Long Island medium. So those will be out over the course of the next week or so. And uh, today's recap will be a little bit maybe shortened. We dove into all of that Erica Jane stuff. And I just have a few things I want to touch upon on Atlanta, but I'm already sort of mentally on my holiday break. So please forgive me. I didn't take detailed notes. I was just in my phone. And actually, <laughs> this is a funny story. So I was just in my phone. I was, um, I normally have my laptop out and I'm typing notes in Word, in a Word doc. But like I said, I'm a little bit on holiday break. I'm ready to just have a breather. 
from the podcast, from work stuff. And so I was just texting myself notes on my phone as I was watching the Atlanta episode and Potomac. And I didn't realize at first when I was watching Atlanta that I was texting not Danny Pellegrino. I was texting Dad Pellegrino, which is what my dad is in my phone. Don't ask why I have the last name. I don't know why it says the last name, but it says Dad Pellegrino. So I was texting him my notes, and it was truly like one of some of the things I was texting him was like Latoya and Kenya working out with Diana, and like then <laughs> Tanya arrives with niece in bottle. Tanya showing more energy than I've ever seen before. So I was just texting that, and then he finally wrote me back. What? He just wrote back. What? <laughs> you know, so Dad probably has no idea what the fuck is going on. You know, my dad, Gary Pellegrino, is not interested in my notes for the Real Houses of Atlanta, but he was getting a, he was getting some in his in his DMs and his texts. You don't know what I deal with every night. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80%, less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So, you guys, on Atlanta, the main thing I want to talk about is Tanya is back. We haven't seen her. We know from the blogs and from the trailer, there's all this stripper gate stuff. And a lot of people are alleging that it's it was her that did the um, stripper guy with the mask on, the PPE. Remember we see in the preview for the trailer, 
there's a stripper wearing PPE. And then we see him go in the closet. Apparently, it was maybe her that was in there with him. And so apparently, she stops filming at a certain point. But when I saw her on screen, Portia and the sister picked her up. Did it not seem like a different version of Tanya? So Tanya, Tanya, I hope I'm not saying that properly. I always get mixed up in my head. I'm sorry. I apologize. I think it's Tanya. Tanya, right? Tanya, Tanya. Um, okay, so Portia picks her up, and she was showing so much energy. She had the baby in one arm, and then she had a bottle of something in the other. And she was like, woo! She was, I mean, it was a lot of energy. It was very high energy. I don't recall that version of her. Um, but they go to somebody else's house to go swimming. Her name is, I think, Fallon. It's Portia's friend's. And this house is beautiful, Fallon's house. And I wonder if she's going to be showing up more. It seemed like they were maybe testing her to be a main cast member or something. And the husband was sticking around while the women were swimming in the pool. The husband was just sitting on, a, on, the, um, on the curb of the pool, just watching them with a cigar. I thought that was weird, wasn't it? I mean, I was picturing him just like uh, stroking a cat's hair or something. As he was sitting watching, he looked like an evil villain, like Dr. Uh, or Inspector Gadget's villain. What's that villain's name? It was very bizarre to me. And so they're swimming in the pool. They're having some hookah. They were making a lot of like sexual, they were setting up the hookah and they were making a lot of sexual innuendos about uh, the WAP song. And she said, uh, Fallon said, my WAP hole is tight. And they were just doing a lot of WAP work. Even later in the episode with Cynthia, they were making WAP references. And I know this was filmed right around that time, but it just felt like a lot of WAP work was happening on The Real Houses Atlanta this week. So Fallon, again, Portia's friend who has got the big house, I was looking at the house. I didn't see any family photos. It looked sort of bare bones, didn't it? Beautiful house. Stunning. But it just didn't seem like there was like a lot of personal decorations. Like, you know, when you go into someone's home, I always imagine you're going to find some, I don't know, just some books laying around. Some I know you clean before the cameras come, but I would imagine you just have some family photos lying around or it l- looks lived in. Her house didn't look lived in to me. I don't know. I thought that was strange. Very strange. They talk about Portia's relationship with Dennis. And I'm a little confused and unclear about the relationship with Dennis. What is going on? Are they divorced now or are they back together? I feel like I haven't been able to follow that at all. And Portia said the whole pandemic sort of sped up the process of their ending their relationship. But I thought I read their back together. Maybe I'm confused. I know, I can't keep up with it all, you guys. A lot going on. When, you know, when that Erica Jane situation happened, I never receive more messages or alerts. Like, my phone is just going nuts whenever there's, like, Bravo breaking news. It's just the funniest thing to me ever because it's like, I don't know. When I had a grandpa die, I didn't get as many messages from people as I did when, like, something like Erica Jane posts text messages on her Instagram. It's like, my phone just blows up. People are texting me. People are emailing. People are DMing me. And it's just, like, (laughs) true insanity. And I love it. I love it. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. I mean, you know, my heart goes out to everyone who's suffering on Bravo. But it really is fun when it's just, like, so many alerts people messaging me. And I I can't, you know, get back to everyone. Um, But it is funny. It is sort of funny. Okay, so what else is happening? Oh, Drew and Ralph, they're buying their first house. I hate this Ralph. He's the worst. He wants to control everything. Drew's like, you got to tell me uh, about this. And she wants to be involved in the house buying process. And he's like, I'll take care of it. I got it. He's so controlling. He's also taking the photos of her while she's sleeping. I mean, what is with this man? She needs to run the other way. Run, Drew, run. Run, Drew, run. 
Isn't there a book like Run, Spot, Run or something? We need to replace it with Drew. Get out of there, Drew. SOS on Drew. Get her out of there. Um, let's see. Oh, they fight too. They obviously hate each other. I don't know if I've ever seen a couple hate each other so quickly. Normally, it takes us a little bit of time to warm up to their hating each other. You know, like, they will seem in love, and then we'll find out over the course of a season they hate each other. These two are coming in hot. They definitely despise each other with every ounce of their being. Every last ounce of their being. Um, what else is happening? Cynthia says uh, they're doing the wedding stuff. They go to the venue. She's still set on 250 people. And she said on the 10-10-20-20 thing, she made earrings. She made some earrings. Cynthia, you need to cool it. You got some earrings made. Where were those earrings even made? Did she get them off Etsy? What did she do? Who makes earrings with the date on them? That was bizarre. That was a step too far. You know, I've been turning on my Cynthia lately because of this wedding stuff. And seeing those earrings just pushed me over the edge. I thought, enough, Cynthia. You got earrings made from Etsy. Maybe it was a dozen. I'm sure they were designer or nicer than that. But, you know, I'm choosing to believe they were bought off Etsy in a late night shopping trip online. And it's too far. It's too far. And he's like asking her, like, are you set on that date? And it's like, no shit, Mike, she's set on that date. She made earrings on Etsy. Like, of course she's set on that date. But I don't like that at all. And he's sort of saying, her, him and Mal, Mal goes to the venue, and her sister Mal. And they start talking about the date and the venue, and they say, we could do it at Lake Bailey. Even earlier in the episode, she was working out with the candy in Kenya. They were saying, do it at Lake Bailey. You got a beautiful house. Have everyone in the backyard, and it'll be nice. And Cynthia said it sets the tone for the marriage. And I'm thinking, you did the nice big wedding. I mean, I thought the wedding to Peter was like a big, nice wedding. I mean, it maybe wasn't as big as she's thinking. But I just would think somebody who's been divorced twice would maybe say, maybe the wedding part doesn't matter. You know, we we did it twice. Maybe I don't need to do it again. (laughs) What do I know? Maybe I don't need to get earrings made off Etsy that say the date of my future wedding, which is falling in the middle of a pandemic, and everyone's recommending you not to have a big wedding. Even the state. They keep talking about the state. They're like, what are the rules now? And it's like, the rules are that you shouldn't have a big-ass wedding in the middle of a pandemic, Cynthia Bailey. What is she thinking? I mean, it's truly absurd to me. Absurd. And I know that women tried to kind of tell her, Mal tried to tell her, but I would have stepped up and said, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to go to your 250-person indoor wedding in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, it's crazy. It's selfish. It's weird. You guys know how I feel about it. I'm sorry. I can't help it. And Mike is like, um, what, while they're at the venue, he's asking her, what's the COVID restrictions? And Cynthia's like, oh, it's fine. Like, there's no COVID restrictions. He's asking that of the, the venue people. And Cynthia's like, overcompensating. It's fine. There's no venue. It's fine. There's COVID. And she wants the big wedding. And she says it's for Mike she wants the big wedding. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about the big wedding. He's like, let's just get married. She's being too much. She's being too much. And then even they are in the car ride and they're talking about it. And he gets, they get in this fight and he has to just take down the camera in the car. He just is like over it. And you guys, I'm just, I'm over it too. This wedding is nuts. Speaking of weddings, do you see Alexis Bellino from the Real Houses of Orange County? She's engaged. She is engaged. That Alexis, remember her? She was a weird one, right? I sometimes miss her. Remember when there was like this scene, there was a scene on Orange County where they all went out to dinner and she's like, I'm going to have a little bread. And then she takes like literally the tiniest bite of bread. And I think about that moment all the time. I'll be laying in bed and I'll just, that scene will just flash in my head. 
Do you guys ever, that ever happens to you guys? You're just laying there or you're, I don't know, doing something in church or you're at the grocery store, just doing whatever. And all of a sudden, something random from these shows pops in your head. And it's like, I'll never forget that moment of her taking that tiny piece of bread in her mouth. And she announced it. I'm just going to have a piece of bread. And she took the tiniest little bite. And then also, remember when she did that line of, um, what was that clothing she had? Remember she had a clothing line? Jesus Jugs did. And she was doing the photo shoot, and that gross man that she was married to, allegedly, he was just watching her do the photo shoot. And I just remember the photos were just hysterical. So sometimes I miss her. Orange County needs some work, you guys. It needs some work. This trip, they're on a trip right now. I'm not going to recap it, but I am going to recap it right now. I'm not going to fully recap it, but I just got to talk about this trip because it's so bizarre. They're all having COVID. You know, half the cast has got COVID, so they can't even go on the group trip. And I'm thinking at some point you should just suspend the filming because half the cast is COVID. And maybe that should lead you to believe that we shouldn't be filming at this time. But they still decide to do a group trip. And Bronwyn's also trying to get sober, so she's worried about going on this group trip. And it's literally, the group trip is sponsored by alcohol. When they arrive at this like cabin or something, there's just alcohol lining the countertops. And Bronwyn arrives, she's got to stay at a different place, a different hotel, because she doesn't even want to be around these women. She hates them all. They all hate each other. I don't see that any of them like each other. And it's so boring, but they're having like very interesting conversations about things going on, like the removal of problematic statues and historical landmarks. And they're also talking about Black Lives Matter. So it's very interesting conversations. And Gina, you guys, I'm liking Gina somehow inexplicably. Inexplicably, I'm finding Gina to be the voice of reason on that show. Hi, my name is Gina. Like that talk. She always talking with peanut butter in her mouth. Um, and Shannon, meanwhile, she's got to be quarantined at the other guy's house, the boyfriend's house. She's quarantined. She's calling the kids up like, I miss you. You know, she's screeching in the phone and she, the kids are like happier than ever that they get to just quarantine with the deadly virus. I've never seen kids so happy than Shannon Bedore's kids who have a deadly virus and don't have to see or hang out with their mother. I mean, they are thrilled. Did you see those girls? What was that name of their group? The girls group name? I don't recall, but I swear. I've never seen those kids so happy than when they are quarantining from their mother with the deadly virus. It's their uh, on cloud nine. They wanted that virus, so they didn't have to see their mother. Um, but Shannon is, of course, worried. She's always been a worry word, of course. Uh, a little bit of a hypochondriac. They've shown us tons of footage. Uh, and then Emily, I'm feeling bad for Emily. She's got to deal with the Shane thing. He's very ill. She had to take him to the hospital, and she couldn't even talk to him. It's so sad. And And actually, that stuff, as hard as it is to watch, I do find that it's kind of good to show us, almost like a time capsule of what we're going through. That's not to say this whole show isn't a fucking mess. And then Elizabeth, who did the casting there? Who Casting? I don't know if you're listening, but what, what the fuck is going on there? What the fuck? I don't know, casting people. Are you listening? Because what was that decision? Who made that? Did anyone even talk it over? Did you even look at a casting tape or anything? Like, who was... At what point did you decide that person should be on this franchise? What was going on? You all need to look yourselves in the mirror. I just would like to say that. We've had some questionable casting choices, particularly in the OC. Over the years, it's been 15-some seasons, and there's been quite a few people that I look at and think, how did they get cast on this program? But this one takes the cake. Just like Sarah did uh, on the season finale a few years back when she took the bow on the cake. This one takes the cake as well. 
in a different way, metaphorically. Anyway, that's, um, I didn't mean to go into Orange County, but I did. Also, Potomac, you guys, briefly, part two of the reunion, Levin, Levin Monique's binder. I want a copy of it at Barnes & Noble. I think it's fantastic. And all the women are obviously shook. They're, of course, shook. Except for Giselle, which, here's the thing, Giselle, they're all going after and talking about this Jamal, who, Jamal also has been on social media posting all sorts of stuff about how he's not going to be filming Potomac anymore. And I don't know, he's going off, but Giselle is getting all of these allegations thrown at her. And she's like stone face, but you can tell, or I believe you can tell that internally she's sort of screaming and losing it, as any of us would be if all these women were coming after you with these allegations. But she's holding it together, and I'm just waiting for her to snap. I believe she snaps next episode. I believe in part three she must. And if not, I mean, I, she must have snapped when she got home. But part three, is going to be 90 minutes, which I'm excited about. We're also getting, it's interesting in part two, we're getting this relationship between Giselle and Karen, where it's starting to feel more like the frenemy relationship again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not feeling so toxic or that they can't get over it. And I'm liking that, you know, because I like those two as frenemies. I want them to fight, but for it to be like, we can move on from this fight. And it seems like that's the direction we're going. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. Now, Karen, at part two of the reunion, opened up about Ray, and she did say the passing of her parents made it so that she's more comfortable being open on camera. And I get that. I get that. And I remember when that one reunion, when Karen is crying over her parents, I mean, that was heartbreaking, devastating even. And so now it's nice to see Karen opening up. I like it. I'm, I'm liking this version of Karen. To me, she was the MVP this season, I think. The other women thought that Karen kind of playing the middle ground between all the ladies was going to be bad for her, but I think it worked out in her favor, because I feel like the fans like Karen now more than ever. So I'm into that. What else is going on? Candace uh, and Monique, they are hating each other, and Andy says uh, to Monique, because Candace is crying, and she's got the tissue wrapped up in the finger and the corner of the eye like she always does every single episode. I don't think one has gone by where we haven't seen Candace with the tissue folded up in the corner of her eye. So she's crying. Who needs a heart? Sorry, I had to do a little bit of her singing. Oh, where to start? <laughs> I had to sing that. I had to sing that. Candace's song is always in my head. Just those two lines. Anyway, so Candace is crying. And Andy says to Monique, Monique, do you not feel anything about this? And Monique's like, I've already dealt with my emotions. And Andy's like, well, you should tell us that. And Andy, I'm feeling like, Something has changed with Andy in these reunions lately, where I feel like he's giving more of his opinion on things, and I like it. I think it's a great, it's a great, because he's, he's sort of saying to the women, like, okay, there was one point in this reunion where he said, I gotta call you out on that, and he said to Karen. And it just feels like he's doing more than just, he's doing more than just asking the questions on the card. I don't know if he's just rejuvenated, or maybe he's just over it and doesn't give a fuck anymore. But whatever it is, I'm finding this version of Andy in these reunions, not just Potomac, but all of them, I'm finding it very refreshing. And I'm curious what happened, if it's just he's over it or maybe rejuvenated. I think maybe he's just feeling like uh, super, uh, he's at the Potomac reunion, he's probably feeling excited. And we're in the pandemic, he's probably excited to work and being able to do these things in person. But it's fun to watch, and I'm liking it. But Monique is just stone-faced. She's like, I, I already processed it. And I sort of got that. I thought, she did process it. What more do you want from this woman? I mean, she dealt with it and she's moving on. 
Um, we also got a T'Challa package. Remember, the T'Challa flew there for the reunion. And um, it, that was interesting. And we did have a lot of him. Andy asks about T'Challa like flying away. And then Andy said, did you catch this part? He said, like, we talked to a bird expert or something. Like, what the fuck? When did anyone get a bird expert on the line? (laughs) It was so so bizarre. It was so bizarre, and we all just moved right past it. Because that's what we do on these shows. Something is introduced that is so fucking wild and bizarre, but we all accept it to be fact. And there was a moment where Andy said, we talked to a bird expert. Or he said, somebody talked to a bird expert. And said that T'Challa was a rare case, because normally birds, they fly away and they don't fly back. And I was thinking, everyone on this stage is just like, oh yeah, they talked to a bird expert. In the audience, I asked you all at home, did you just accept that and move on? Because that's fucking weird. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Just talk to a bird expert. Where do you even get a hold of a bird expert? I mean, what do you call the vet or something? Do you call PetSmart? And just say, hey, I need to talk to a bird expert about this woman uh, cast member's bird on the Real Houses of Potomac? Like, and what does the bird expert say when you get them on the line? They're like, uh, what do you want to know about? Like, why do you want to know this? Because one of your cast members' bird flew away? That was a devastating day, though, when T'Challa flew away. I'm so glad he's back. Ah, that was so devastating when Monique was posted online. She was in tears. She said the bird flew away. And then I, I was devastated. We were all... Karen said she went in the backyard and she yelled for T'Challa. I wish we had that footage. Just Karen in the backyard, like, dramatically. I picture her in, like, a dramatic faux fur. <laughs> <laughs> I picture her in like, you know, pajamas, like silk pajamas with like a, a faux fur coat over it and just yelling very dramatically like she's got like a uh, whiskey on the rocks in one hand and Ray's asleep in the other room and she's just dramatically a little bit tipsy yelling T'Challa, you know, in the middle of mid-morning, <laughs> mid-morning in Potomac. That's what I imagine. You know, it's like a chilly morning, so she had to throw on the fur, fur, faux fur coat. Um, that's what I imagine, but I don't know. Was she lying? Do you guys think Karen actually went to the backyard to yell for T'Challa? I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. Um, we should ask the bird expert. Let's get him on the pod. Should we get him on the pod? Um, I got some other bird questions, like how did you become a bird expert? Anyway, you guys, that's Potomac. I'm sure I'm missing some things. Oh, Ashley. Oh, we, we got to talk about Michael Darby. They got the footage of Michael Darby grabbing the cameraman's ass. And they ask Ashley about it, and she's like, oh, they were friends. And I'm like, that's weird. And then she says, he calls, the a camera guy calls him Zaddy, Michael Darby. And look, uh, this was all very weird to me. The whole thing. And Ashley's like, he would never do that to someone he wasn't really close with. And I'm like, this, it's just weird. Even if you are close, that man, the camera guy's an employee of Bravo. So of course he's going to be extra nice to the cast members because he wants to keep his job which I think Candace pointed this out. It's like, he wants to keep his job, so he, he's not like some bigwig producer on the show, even. He's a camera guy. So he's trying to keep his job, keep everyone happy, and, and just do a good job. And then you got this cast member who's constantly grabbing everyone's ass. And so what's he supposed to say, Ashley Darby? What is he supposed to say? And I don't even know if I blame so much Ashley for sticking up for this horrid man, but I do blame uh, Michael Darby for being just the worst. The worst. The absolute W-O-R-S-T worst. I mean, I'm sickened by this human. And I'm glad he wasn't at the reunion. Remember last year at the reunion when they uh, played him in with Jaws shark music? Remember he was like lurking backstage and they brought him in? Apparently now he had other plans. And what other plans do you have in the pandemic? But that's not the point. The point is he wasn't there. And um, he's the worst. 
he's the worst, and Ashley makes excuses. She does say if he cheats again, she's leaving him. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know. I want her to leave him. I've wanted her to leave him for years now. Uh, but she's pregnant. She's having another baby with the man, and it is what it is. But I don't know if we need to be showing this man on TV anymore. At a certain point, don't we need to do a hard pass on Michael Darby on camera? Also, is he getting paid, or does he just show up? I feel like he must get paid for some of the scenes. You know, some of the house husbands do get paid. We know on New Jersey, the husbands are cast members. I believe they get paid. And I know they have to get paid if they do the confessionals. So, Michael Darby, did we see him in a confessional? I think he's employed by Bravo. Um, And maybe at a certain point, we need to cut ties with this man if he is just harassing the crew. I don't know. What do I know? What do I know? Anyway, you guys, that's the Bravo Roundup. Um... Speaking of Roundup, that just makes me think of The Real Houses of Dallas when that guy got his dick sucked there. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Uh, I'm sure I missed some Bravo stuff on these shows or in general, but I wanted to come on and do a little wrap-up before we take a little holiday Bravo break. Again, please uh, don't stop listening to the podcast because I have two new episodes coming, but just know that the recaps will be uh, coming uh, after the first of the year, and I want to thank you all for what a wonderful year it's been. What a wonderful year in terms of the podcast it's been. Otherwise, it's been hell. I mean, I just want to say, I want to clear that up. It hasn't been a good year overall. Um, <laughs> it's been an actual living nightmare. Um, but the podcast, in terms of just that, I feel like it's been a, a good year. And I love you all so much for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my holiday podcast if you want to uh, listen to some holiday goodness. It's a uh, very merry iconic podcast. Uh, It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your pods. And also subscribe to the Patreon if you want Sex and the City recaps. It's patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you want any of our merch, go to everythingiconic.store. I'll put all these links in the episode description. Uh, And let's do our little cool down. I feel like we need one last cool down for the year. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's do one more. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you all so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All of the all of the things. I love you all. Stay safe. Bye bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. There's no turn. 